The new Bundanon Art Museum and Bridge for Creative Learning is all but entirely open. And the Chief Executive Officer, Rachel Kent, has plenty of plans for the facility and for the arts in the Shoalhaven. We'll chat a bit about that and about the enormous legacy Rachel leaves at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney after a 20-year curatorial stint. I'm Tim Stackpole and this is Inside the Gallery. Thanks for joining the podcast once again as we acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this podcast is produced and the many locations where it is downloaded. And we also thank Pixel Perfect Pro Lab at pixelperfect.com.au for their support, which goes towards the transcripts of our interviews, as well as thanks to the Australian Arts Channel, a unique location to catch up with art video records on YouTube, which you can visit via www.australianartschannel.com. It was 2001 when Rachel Kent left Melbourne to take up a curatorial role at the Museum of Contemporary Art Australia in Sydney under the then recently appointed director Elizabeth Ann McGregor. Heads certainly turned when after 20 years or so, Liz Ann, as she's better known, announced her departure. But we pretty much had to pick ourselves up off the floor when soon after that, the museum's chief curator of 11 years, Rachel Kent, then announced her departure from the institution after again around 20 years with the MCA. Rachel is now the chief executive officer at Bundanon, established in 1993, it was gifted to the Australian people by Arthur and Yvonne Boyd, representing one of the most significant acts of philanthropy in the history of the arts in Australia. Bundanon is located on 1,000 hectares of bush and parkland, two and a half hours' drive or so south from Sydney. Bundanon's mission is to operate the property as a centre for creative arts and education, for scientific research, and a place to explore the landscape and engage with First Nations history and culture. Bundanon's residency program for artists, writers, musicians, dancers, performers and scholars and its learning programs are an investment in Australia's future. The collection at Bundanon features nearly 1,500 works by Arthur Boyd, together with Boyd's contemporaries such as Sidney Nolan, John Percival, Joy Hester and Charles Blackman. In addition, Bundanon has an archive of artist books, scripts, compositions and working models related to artwork developed on the properties through the Artist-in-Residence program. But the big news is regarding the establishment of the Art Museum and Bridge for Creative Learning. By any standard, it's an incredible structure. Embedded within the landscape, the new 500-square-metre Bundanon Art Museum will present a year-round program of exhibitions of modern, contemporary and First Nations art, as well as new commissions. It includes a state-of-the-art storage facility that will house and protect Bundanon's extensive $46.5 million collection of some 4,000 items. The bridge itself is a 160-metre-long by 9-metre-wide structure that spans the existing gully in the sloping hillside, housing a world-class creative learning centre with breakout spaces. It offers a combination for up to 64 guests and a cafe and dining facilities offering sweeping views over the Shoalhaven River. The Art Museum and Bridge share an expansive public plaza near the existing 19th century buildings. 
Both public groups and education audiences will be able to stay on site for an immersive Bundanon experience. It is, as I said, actually quite an incredible structure. And joining us on the phone to talk about that and her history with the MCA as well is the CEO of Bundanon, Rachel Kent. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Tim. Thanks so much for inviting me. Now, you've moved into this role at Bundanon. It's been quite the tree change. How have you settled in? How easy has it been for you to change gears? Look, it was a very strange time to move because it Mm -hmm. was, you know, middle of the shutdown, uh, you know, last sort of, you know, June, July, August, quite a strange time to try and move city, home and roll (laughs) all at once. Uh, That said, I feel incredibly fortunate. I mean, we left Mm. inner Sydney, inner West. Um, Mm. We've moved, obviously, to the region. My cousins are here. They're oyster Mm. farmers, you know, here. Um, And I was able to find a place to move to. So, actually, it was the right time, right opportunity. And I have to say, I'm utterly delighted and I'm feeling really quite settled now. It's uh, almost like that southern part of New South Wales is kind of like an enclave for artists. You know, Nunungala opened up there in the southern highlands south of Sydney not so long ago. But it has always been that place for artists, particularly ceramic artists as well, to do their work. And, of course, the Boyd setting up Bundan on there. Does it feel like that really is a, a bit of a centre of artistic endeavours and merits in New South Wales, do you think? Look, it absolutely does. And with the launch of this beautiful big new build at Bundanon. I think this will become heart and soul in the area, but also the south is really where things are headed. I think this is the right time and there are a lot of artists here. Well, that's right. But for you, how did this opportunity come about? I mean, your history, as I mentioned in the introduction, so many years at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Sydney. You are legendary in that role as chief curator. This is, like you say, a real tree change for you. Was this something you were kind of looking out, you know, out of the corner of your eye for so long and then the opportunity came up and you thought, you know, I really have to take this now? Look, in many ways, yes. I've always known and loved Bundanon. I mean, I came here very, very early on, you know, when the Mm. Boyd Education Centre, you know, the gorgeous Glen Merkett building first opened, spent time Mm. here, saw, you know, at first hand what that relationship to landscape was for Arthur Boyd and looking at the river, the escarpment, the gum trees and so on. Understood what it was artistically. Mm. I must say when this build got underway and, of course, the role came up, I, I mean, this to me it just felt like the right thing. It, it was kind of perfect and I'm very happy. Mm. It almost seems like you had the longest handover, though, from the from the MCA because you'd set up and pretty much launched that Doug Aiken exhibition, New Era, in, in challenging times, as you say. Then you took up the job with Bundanon. You were kind, you were still doing all the publicity, as it were, for Doug Aiken at the MCA. I remember the media launch as well. You were there. I have it on good authority that you were there on Christmas Eve, even showing people around. And of course, Doug was able to come to town, and you undertake the conversation uh, in the flesh with him. Finally, you're able to do that as well. You've almost been like at the circus juggling plates for months now. How has that gone? 
Look, it's been utterly crazy, but then again, I should say, poor Doug, goodness me, (laughs) that exhibition is a year late. In fact, over 12 Mm. months late at the MCA, of course, Mm. because of COVID, shutdowns, you know, endless delays that that causes. But, Mm. you know, Doug is a friend and colleague of 20 years. I did absolutely give him my word that I would Mm. stick that project through for him, likewise to the MCA, because as you say, you know, I was at the MCA. MCA for 20 years, you know, it's an Mm. organisation really close to my heart, but at the same time I've managed to make this transition right across and have been, you know, all eyes and ears on Bundan on for about six months now and Mm. I've really found my groove here and I'm very excited. I I, I do promise we will get into the Bundan on work that you're doing very shortly in this podcast, but I, I think, you know, tribute does have to be paid to the work that you did at the MCA. I mean, you really did shape the type of culture that was brought to Sydney and to Australia through all the works that you did. I notice in some of the exit interviews that you've done, if I can call it those, with, with other media, you mentioned a few highlights. One of those was working with Yoko Ono. Is that a standout still for you in your career? Look, there are so many moments that were really special and meaningful for me for a whole lot of different reasons. I mean, Yoko Ono was absolutely one. I mean, what mm. a what an opportunity to get to work with such an extraordinary person, their history, mm. their legacy. I mean, Yoko, I always felt, was not well enough known as an artist, you know, really quite underappreciated. And that's Mm. why I wanted to do that major project with her. And she absolutely rose to the occasion and did the most beautiful exhibition. So that was Mm. one highlight for me. I think, though, there are many other highlights as well. And one thing I really did do at the MCA was try more about this country and also spend time working with First Nations artists here. And that, Mm. again, was really quite extraordinary. Yeah, there's no doubt about the commitment that the MCA has given to First Nations artists as well. Now, let's talk about what's happening on at Bundanon, especially with you. The responsibilities between being a head curator, say as you were at the MCA, now you're the CEO of this arts organisation. Have you had to change old habits? Look, it's a completely different role and it's one that I've been working towards for many years now. So for me, it feels like a Mm. very natural shift and development. You know, Mm. at the MCA, you know, really my role was the very big picture in terms of artistic vision and direction, sort of setting the tone in terms of public-facing agenda. I also did a lot of work in the public patronage space. So, you know, for philanthropy, fundraising Mm. was very much part of that role. And, of course, Mm. it's a larger organisation structurally. It's, you know, right in the middle of the city, you know, has a very high visitation, which we grew very strategically through very careful programming and, you know, wider offer. Mm. This role at Bundanon is very different in many ways because, of course, it sits outside of the city envelope. Uh, Mm. It's actually an incredible landscape. I mean, we are a wildlife sanctuary. It's a 1,000 hectares. It encompasses all sorts of different history and also different eras of buildings and this gorgeous new art museum and bridge yes. for creative learning. Yes, you know? this is incredible. So mm. it's re- it's the big picture, and that's what excites me is the big picture 
and the next chapter. The construction of the Bundanon Bridge, and it looks incredible, the, the whole architecture of it as well, and I think challenging too, but it was well underway when you joined. Have you been able to bring any, uh, can I say, Kentish angles to its foundation? Well, look, I suppose it's been a, a great time to arrive because, you know, first of all, I have to say government, they were amazing. Mm. This is a $34 million build in regional Australia. Now, that is extraordinary. And, you know, if we hadn't had that, we never would have got this, you mm. know, this incredible build. But it is the only national museum in regional Australia. When I came, of course, the build was in its last chapter and we had a lot to deal with in terms of you know, dealing with the strange times that are COVID, trying to complete and adapt a building project within those circumstances. Also, all logistical, structural, engineering, you know, and other challenges that come with a build during an unknown time, you know, with very limited workforce in quite a turbulent mm. landscape. I think mm. one of the key things is that the whole build is really about bushfire resilience and also flood mitigation and I feel like I've been able to you know really get involved in that space and you've really had to learn about it I guess in a very short period of time well you know I as a child I actually grew up Victoria and I have had quite a lot of um, personal experience in terms of bushfires and the devastation and what the toll is I don't know if you remember Ash Wednesday in Victoria but I was yes, there yes. Um, at, you know yeah. at my family friend's farm and I mean there was no way out we were looking at literally a kind of black and orange wall on the horizon line it was terrifying and I feel like coming in here at this time working with this landscape but really addressing those issues around resilience um, you know bushfires as well as flooding in terms of architecture and design of this space it's something that resonates for me and it's really important going forwards mm, you are I guess in a way you're the perfect person for this job because of that you're imprinting your DNA on how this is going forward and especially so close to launch you had like a soft launch a little while back did that go okay Look, it was the most lovely weekend, I have to say. One of the things that I thought was important is we don't need to rush. Mm. These are unusual circumstances. Mm. We take things slow, cautiously. We listen to our community and, you know, we don't just barge ahead because it is an unusual time to open anything, mm. you know, let alone a cultural organisation. What we've done is a two-phase launch. So we did our soft launch and all we did was open the doors, open up our art museum, our cafe, just invite people, come in, take a look, try the cafe, have a look at the bridge, see the beautiful inaugural exhibition and just start to get to know us. The next thing, of course, will be our formal launch with government, which is when we can actually acknowledge properly our government support. And that will be the 4th of March. And then we'll do a beautiful big festival. And it's a First Nations-led festival on Saturday, the 5th of March. Great. Something to put into the diary, most definitely. And Absolutely. I want everyone to come. It's just, it is a stunning location. There's no doubt that this is an exceptional addition to that whole vista that is there. And that comes back to the Boyd's initial generosity. I mean, th this really does, I was going to say, renew the impact and legacy of that. It was already in place, but this really cements it, doesn't it, Rachel? 
Look, it really does. I mean, the Boyds were very forward thinking. I mean, Arthur Boyd, actually, I mean, I would say he was quite an environmentalist, for example. Mm. Uh, he had very good relationships with First Nations community. He understood something of what this place and this region is, and he really wanted to preserve and protect this area, this landscape, you know, the collection and so on. And in doing so with his wife, Yvonne, gifted it, mm. you know, to the Australian mm. people mm. in 1993. And, I mean, that that's probably one of the most generous acts of philanthropy in this country. Mm. You would have a timetable in place, no doubt. Can you give us a little bit, or are you are you able to give us a little bit of a, a preview of perhaps what we could expect if we're in normal times, let's assume normal times going forward, what we could expect from exhibitions and opportunities at the Vandenon Bridge going forward? Yeah, look, absolutely. What we will be doing is three exhibition seasons a year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every season is, you know, three, four months, which means that you've got a nice amount of time for people to come in and see the projects, engage with all of the activities around them. The first takes the history and legacy of Boyd mm -hmm. and places it in conversation with 12 contemporary artist commissions. Um, and it's really about this site, this history. It's a beautiful show. And one of the striking features is that Boyd's works look unbelievably current. I mean, if you didn't see <laughs> the label saying Arthur Boyd, you'd think it was made yesterday. Yes, They're yes. gorgeous works and they really within that conversation. The next big season is really taking us back to those really fabulous Shoalhaven landscapes, the paintings that people know and love of Arthur Boyd. And the third season, this year is all about environment. Um, some of you will know Sightworks, which of course was a fabulous festival event that Bundan on stage that many in the community, many artists know and love deeply. What we're doing is expanding Sightworks into a full season. So you'll have things to see in the art museum, you'll have live events, a whole array of programs. The philanthropy and, of course, the, the membership and ambassadorships, perhaps, that other museums enjoy, is that going to be part of what you offer? Absolutely. We've actually got a fantastic new membership program, and I see that it's an annual paid mm -hmm. program, but I see it as something that would be great for our local community, you know, for families, for repeat visitors, you know, people who want to drop in and out quite regularly and do our programs. So that's one of the ways that we have people coming back and doing all sorts of things with us over the course of mm. a year. Um, I'm also building up our philanthropy programs going forwards. We will be building a big family of patrons and supporters around us. The other thing I think, and I've mentioned this before when regional galleries are opened, is that it actually kind of reinvigorates the thought of art in regional centres and attracts even more opportunities for artists in the area. Look, I absolutely agree. Um, like I said, I mean, this is the only national museum in regional Australia, so it's quite extraordinary mm. to have that. And I think one of the key things that Bundaberg will bring is destination tourism. Yeah. Off coast, yeah. you know, this is great for everybody. You know, it's environmental tourism, it's cultural tourism, but it also has a very direct effect on community in terms of wages, employments, economic growth, but also strengthening community relationships. And Rachel, what do you think in terms of, I mean, will this project ever be completed? Will, will the work ever really be done? 
That's a great question. I would say no. I think it's an ongoing project and it is a slow, steady, considered transformation. And it is really about community, bringing people together um, and offering an array of experiences. I think that's an open-ended process. I think we'll be continually listening and learning, you know, adapting what we do responding to the times and also responding to the region. I mean, ultimately, you know, this is here for our community. It's here for New South Wales. It's here for all Australians. Ultimately, it will also become an international destination, I hope. Yeah. So the next question is, of course, you've just finished this massive build, one which you're very proud of and everyone in the region should be very proud of. But what else is is on the plans to be built on the property or, or developed on the property? Is there anything else to come? Well, I think we've just completed a <laughs> yes. really huge build, Tim. <laughs> Give us a moment. I know, <laughs> I know but you're—I mean, you're, you're always—you're always looking forward. I mean, in in all your other work, you, you're always eighteen months ahead of actually what's happening now. So I, I can't imagine Rachel Kent is kind of thinking, "Okay, well, I can fold my arms now and, and put a line through this because it's done." You know, that's just not you. No, most definitely not. I tell you, one of the things I'm thinking really carefully about at the moment actually is access. Uh How do people get here? How do they get in and out? Because, of course, our greatest challenge, I think, is also one of our greatest assets. You know, we're two and a half hours, thereabouts, outside of the major city centres, you know, Mm. for example, Sydney or Canberra. You know, we're also in the middle of the bush. The only way in and out at this point is really by car. I'm really interested in trying to expand our access, uh, really interested, for example, in river access and, wow. you know, how we might activate, I don't know, wow. a ferry service, yeah. for example, going forwards. Also really interested in how we connect up the different parts of the property because you've got this site with the new art museum, the bridge, the cafe, Boyd Education Centre, you know, stunning accommodation. You've got our site just adjacent, which is the historic homestead. It's Arthur Boyd's studio. It's an incredible artist-in-residence program, but you have to drive back and forth between them. Um, And I'm thinking, you know, we need a shuttle service at some point to take visitors back and forth as well. So one of the things I really have up my sleeve at the moment is how do we widen access Also, of course, alongside the kind of practicalities of getting here, I'm thinking really about how do we deepen engagement, make this something really meaningful and valuable for different communities. So I'm looking really hard at our learning programs, for example, looking forwards at what the artistic vision is in terms of taking an incredible history, an incredible legacy and building that into the present. And I'm really interested in how we do that in conversation with First Nations artists and practitioners across the region. Mm, Yeah, wonderful, wonderful outlook and perspective. There's also the aspect of uh, scientific research. I I think I read that in a press release somewhere, which had never really crossed my mind regarding this. But is, is that also part of what you're doing there? Yes, that's right. We have really strong environmental programs and also, of course, land care and maintenance Uh that we need to do. So this is a fantastic site for research. We also partner very closely with the University of Wollongong. Uh I should also actually tell you about the environmental aspects of the build because I think 
that's really important and that I see as the future of, well, I mean the building industry but certainly the future of museums because, you know, really one of the things that's critical about this site is that you have the integration of the architecture, the landscape. We've talked about the design itself in terms of bushfire and flood resilience. But we also, for example, we run on solar power. We have solar panels the entire length of the new bridge and that powers our site. We also collect all our rainwater. We have a blackwater treatment plant. So we produce all our water on site as well. So there are really incredible environmental aspects to what we do. We're aiming for carbon neutral Mm -hmm. uh, and we also have two carbon forests. It's incredible. It's incredible the the extent beyond, I guess, what people would think of as as an art space or an art gallery. Absolutely. I mean, it really is a site for environmental excellence Mm. and for future research. Mm. Well, look, Rachel, it's been absolutely a delight to talk to you, to finally uh, nail you down because I know how busy you have been over the past few months. Uh, So I really thank you for your time and I thank you for your contribution to contemporary art. I'm speaking on behalf of so many people, I think. Uh, over the many years that you have been involved, not just with the MCA, but just the support that you've given uh, throughout Australia, indeed. And uh, I thank you again for your time. Oh, thanks so much, Tim. It's a real pleasure, and I can't wait to see you here very soon. I will be there very soon. Thank you. Thanks. That's Rachel Kent, CEO of Bundanon. It's well worth a look. And until you can get along to visit, take a look at the website, www.bundanon.com.au, and check out the dates regarding the upcoming opening and other events. There's also some video as well on our Facebook page, and you can also check that out at www.australianartschannel.com.au. More details and links to our socials are available as always at www.insidethegallery.com.au. Thanks again for your support of the podcast. And until the next edition, I'm Tim Stackpole. Bye-bye for now.